0: Welcome to Opening the Box of Knowledge. My name is Sachiel Ish, uh, Richard Peterson. I'm here with my friend and brother, Kachung, Steve Blanchett. Steve, how you doing, brother? I'm doing awesome. Uh, We're here with our sound man, Sam. Hey, Sam. Hey. He's the man behind all this, uh, pulling it together for us. So the opening the Box of Knowledge really is uh, something that's just been a kind of a passion project for me and, and, uh, wanting to just have really great conversations with exciting and interesting people, I think just based on who we are, it'll always probably have an indigenous slant uh, Mm -hmm. blowing up, you know, some of our peers, friends, idols. I think that's what we should be doing. And, uh, sitting here with one of those guys, um, K'Chung is somebody I've peripherally known for quite a number of years, but really gotten to know in the last few years and really uh, just love his passion for culture, for the arts. Uh, I share that, but uh, unlike K'Chung, I have no artistic ability, (laughs) but uh, just, you know, we walk in an exciting circle of life where we know really interesting people and... And my favorite thing has always been since I was a little kid, kind of sitting around the smokehouse, you know, working on fish and the stories and the conversations that came out, Absolutely, to our elders. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, and I'm sure there's quite a few of you out there who have no idea who this guy is, uh, Richard Peterson, I'm from the Eagle's Nest House, child, grandchild, Haida... Uh, Simpson and uh, just uh, grew up in a small village on Prince Wales Island, Kisan, went to boarding school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we all kind of those of us lived in a village in rural Alaska. know you just kind of live a crazy, exciting, unreal life. Sometimes we're such a small state, uh, you know, came back from boarding school. Was supposed to take some time off from Harvard. It was my next step. Yeah. I, that's something I guess a lot of people don't know is I had a full academic scholarship to Harvard. And, I had no idea. Yeah. That's awesome. De- deferred it for a pretty crazy reason for quite a few years. I became one of the youngest mayors in state history at 19. Well, you had stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, got, got to take care of business. Right. Uh, worked for my tribe came tribal president, built up the tribe there, and, uh, you know, got my day job now where I'm president of Klinka Haida, but that's just a small facet of who I am and what drives me and what I'm passionate about. And, and that's what I really want to do is talk to passionate people, people who love what they're doing, have want to express themselves, and hopefully are perpetuating culture, language, and mm-hmm. our way of life. Yeah which, you know, brings me to you brother. Uh, you know, that's what really drew me to you is you kind of exemplify all of those things, you know? So who's Kachung? What's-
1: yeah. Well, we, you know we all have you know those pieces of our pies that make us a whole, right. You know, it's like being present is one piece of you, you know, and, and, and the same thing with me. I have so many things that I do and I absolutely love our cultures and everything. Um, but you know, just to, my background you know i'm i'm kachoon. i'm i'm uh Yupik and black uh my mom is uh Arnaq marie mead and my father david blanchett from philadelphia my mom grew up in a small little village called Nunapijok. i also uh grew up in that in that place so you know is 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 what i call home where i call home you know a lot of people know it as Bethel. But to me, it's it's because, you know, it's our languages and all that is so important to to retain all that, to honor those names that 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 uh, that we hold dear to ourselves. Right. So, you know, I, you know growing up, up out there in, in just really shaped who I am. It really did. You know, I I had very amazing aunties and, and, and uncles and my uh, my grandparents. Uh, that really kind of shaped us and, and, and led us in a way that we got to know who we are as Yup'it, as, as Yup'ik people. The Inuit, it's a, you know, Yup'ik is, is one of the Inuit uh, cultures, one of the Inuit languages. So uh, the Inuit people span from, from Russia, uh, ac- all across Alaska, um, the entire northern part of Canada, and into Greenland, all around Greenland. So that's the that's the Inuit people and, and it's really who I really identify with. But, uh, you know, I, I'm a uh, I'm also a musician, right? I play music. I've been playing music uh, for about 28 years with my band Bamiwa. Uh, and it's been an honor and a privilege to be able to do that with my brother um, and my cousin. So my brother and my cousin Asanak, and it's not often that you know there's stories about people who just really live their passion with someone that they actually absolutely love and adore and to be able to do that with my brother um is is has been one of the most amazing blessings that, of my life
0: you you know you you mentioned that and I I got to tell you this cuz I don't know that I ever have it had to have been like 15 years ago maybe longer I don't know um uh, I can't remember if it was an AFN banquet or Uh, some banquet, you know, I go to so many things now, conferences and this and that, but (laughs) I'm at this conference and uh, there's this band, Pamyang, and I I didn't know who they were. I didn't know Kuchung, but they got up and they were, it was so fascinating to me because I'd never really seen anything like it where you really took your culture, but you were doing it in a contemporary way. You had songs in your language, but you were, you know, all you know contemporary western tools and you know all that it it blew my mind oh good and i was just like man we need more of this like this is what i want to see for my culture and in the, the folks who um you know are are from southeast where you know that's my worldview view at southeast I, I grew up in such a small community feel really blessed you know you hear people i've heard people talk about rural villages in alaska like they're third world countries and right and i never understood that right i, I didn't know that at all growing up uh i feel like we came from the richest people on the planet right right you know uh i feel blessed because i was in my culture i've always known who i was i never had any um identity crisis or anything like that and we i grew up where you know Our songs and everything are really strong still. Um, You've really, you know, I think they were, due to colonization and boarding schools, they were kind of tampered down a bit, but they were always there. And I had never heard anybody like do our songs in a contemporary way. I never seen people celebrating out on a stage that wasn't like a traditional dance group. Mm -hmm. And that just blew my mind and realized you know, we also tend, people, we do it ourselves, is talk about our culture in the past tense. Mm-hmm. Oh, what would you have, what would your people have done? And I'm like, well, I can tell you what we do, <laughs> you, you know? And so to see meow up on stage in this way to me was yeah. like a light bulb went off and like, you know, I don't know how to really sum summarize it because it was so fascinating to me to see that. And I was like, if they can do it, anybody can do it. Right. Our people can do it, right? It's and such a cool thing. And then you know, fast forward all these years, and here you're living in Southeast. Now we're working together. Mm-hmm. You um, are. We had a conversation that led to an indigenous music <laughs> festival. And One of the best conversations I've ever had. Same brother. It was so you know just, and it's kind of what kicked off this idea. Like I love podcasts. I love listening. And I want to hear our people have these conversations. What does it mean to be an indigenous man? I, You know, I can't speak for anybody else, but what it means for me. Right. And I want to hear because our people are so multifaceted in so many things from artists, writers. You know, some of the people that I want to have conversations with are pushing the envelope in so many ways, taking their art into you know, whether they're doing shows in New York City now or people writing TV for yep. ABC, you know, like you, brother. I mean, you just blow my mind because I, I, we got to tell people without, you know, and I know we, we're humble, but you got to humble brag a little bit because Kachung, you know, is a Kennedy awardee. You, you've gotten all these awards in the last year. You've been guest spot on a TV show. You know, you're doing these things, and you know, our, our people can tend to be a crabs in a bucket. Oh, look at him, he thinks he's everything. Oh, oh yeah. look at him, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whoa, look at him. Oh. Like, that's so awesome. You know, I had an experience recently where I went to the White House, and I saw Ketanji, uh, gosh, I just blanked on her name, I can't believe it, Ketanji Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep.
1: The new Supreme Court. Yeah.
0: And, you know, never mind politics, I don't even care about all that. It was just such an amazing thing to be at the White House for one, this kid from a village of 80 people to go there. But to see uh, an African-American woman and her kids walked out and I was thinking, wow, you know, they're going to think they can be anything they want because they just saw their mother become it's it's
1: representation it's one of those yeah. things that you say right yeah. representation matters and you don't really know and understand like how powerful that can be and you know it's it happened with obama you know seeing you know obama becoming president you know it it was hard to fathom like just envisioning a black man yeah. you know at the the highest seat in the most powerful position in the world and to have Obama there, I mean, that just for me is like anything, anyone can do this. This is, this is what the dream is about. And, yeah. and, and so um, I'm excited for this journey. I'm excited for this, 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 this these episodes, these, or these, these uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really excited for this journey that we're about to take with opening a box of knowledge, you know, to be able to. To talk with all these amazing indigenous uh, um, folks that are doing amazing things—from poets to act actors to philanthropists to, you know, musicians—name it. The, yeah. w- the complexity of the indigenous peoples um, that not just in Alaska but all around is is amazing, and and so that to me is one of the reasons why I'm so excited to be here, sitting next to you, and and th- thinking about all these conversations that we're gonna be having in in, in, come in the near future. I'm excited.
0: I, you know, brother, I am too. And I think, I hope people tune in and listen to our podcast and feel motivated and feel uplifted and that this is a celebration. Yeah. We're, we wanna celebrate uh, these people who are doing outstanding things. You know, I, I can remember uh, auntie of mine, used to say, when are we gonna be the crabs in a bucket that pull each other out instead of pull each other in? And, that's what I want to do is just put a put a little light on people who are doing awesome things, and not to think we're going to put some huge spotlight on them. Maybe we will, but I hope it spreads. You know, I, I want to have conversations with you. What inspires you? You mm-hmm. know, I hope that's what this series leads to is talking about what you know. I know what dr- drives and inspires me today. I think tomorrow it'll be something new and different. And I want to talk about that then, you know? Yeah.
1: What keeps you going? What keeps you motivated and moving forward? Absolutely.
0: I I definitely have my day job, you know, and I'm, you know, (laughs) just have to, you know, call out the elephant in the room. I'm the president of Clinkett and Haida. It's the largest tribe and, you know, kind of get blown up for that. But it's just one facet of who I am and what drives me and I'm sh- extremely passionate about that and the work and in fact our first episode here our first conversation is going to be with some friends and peers of ours yes um Laganai, Liz Medicine Crow, Wathlal Barbara Blake and Representative Tiffany Zolkowski. And we're gonna talk about, uh, we had a conversation about the tribal recognition bill that just got signed by the governor. That was huge. It was, it was epic, you know, and it, it's crazy about what it took to get there. Um, Waffle uh Log and I and I kind of put together this Alaskans for Better Government initiative and a ballot initiative because we just were tired of watching the legislature and the government not get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, a simple thing, just saying, we recognize you. Just weren't getting it done. So we were going to do this. And then thankfully, you know, Tiffany is one of the most tenacious, brilliant people I know. I think she's from your hometown. She
1: is. We we grew up together in Monterey. And she has been just one of those folks that just has been an inspiration for for our region and she's been a force for our region, you know, and th- there's a few folks that, you know, have been in this, this world of politics. And and I feel like, um, you know, seeing over the years uh, the people who have come and go, you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, Tiffany's gonna be one that's gonna be there for, for a while and making a real difference. And it's obvious, we've seen that. We saw that with the signing, Yeah, uh, we're seeing it, you know, I'm, I'm really excited with the compacting, um, with the education. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that are happening. That this is the the time is now, right? And and it feels like there has been a shift that's happening um, all over the all over uh, Indian country, all over Indigenous uh, lands and land back. Um, There's so many things happening, and it's exciting to be a part of this and to be Indigenous.
0: Yeah, it's exciting to see. You know, when I look across the landscape, um, you know, I'm 46 years old. yeah so you know i 46 you know, years young yeah but i'd like to yeah. think young you know but it's crazy because i look back and it feels like i've been doing this for just a blink of an eye yeah. right but i look back i've been in this elected positions various ones since i'm 19. that's crazy i sat in the legislature and would talk to them when you couldn't even bring up the word tribe when I certainly didn't look across and see people I felt represented me, Mm -hmm. you know, um, who didn't necessarily, weren't from the village, didn't have that. uh, And now we're seeing people at all levels from, you know, of course, at the local level where, you know, let's face it, shit gets done.
1: Yeah, so you got me beat. You started 19, right? Yeah. I started Bumio at 21, and I just turned 50 this summer. Nice. And you know, it's like it's. I, I think I, I might be a little bit of the opposite because I feel like I've, I feel like I've lived a few lifetimes in this. But I, you know, the, I don't know how it is with politics. I, I'm not a politician, but being a musician, <laughs> bro, it's it's you you can live some hard lives, right? Mm-hmm. And I've done it. I've done it all. And and so it's like I feel like in these you know nearly thirty years of, of my career um, which has been amazing. It also has been, um, it also has been a sacrifice and, and a struggle. And so, you know, I have felt that. And, and so it is, it is, it's awesome to, to look back and see over the years, like I'm thinking about some of those shows or some of those experiences that we've had, some of those places that we've traveled to and countries and cultures that we've met, um it and 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 it's uh it it does sometimes feel like uh,
0: like a dream in a way right like like oh, yeah. i'm just like did that really happen i you know i used to refer to it as the surreal life yeah you know and then people came up with a really ridiculous reality shows called that and i kept saying it <laughs> <clears throat> but no it's you know i talk about it being a blink of an eye but it also does seem like a couple of things like it has been several different life times and different people because mm-hmm. I've changed and evolved, right? Yeah. I'm not the guy I was. Neither am I. At all. And thank creative thank for that. You.
1: Thank you. I'm sure. Made... I'm sure Joy is real happy with that too.
0: <laughs> Amen. Right? No, I'm sure she appreciates who you are today. <laughs> Um, but you know, I don't regret any of those things because they made me who I am yeah. today. We have to go through the fire. And I have, you know, I, I joke a lot about it and I'm, I'm transparent and we'll talk about these things because they make up who I am. I mean, I, I got a storied history of yeah. addiction. You know, and-
1: I'm looking forward to those conversations, those yeah. hard conversations, right? It's yeah. not all just gravy and easy, no. right? We've gone through the shit. Yep. And, and I'm looking forward to really digging deep. And this is like a podcast that we're going to actually, you know, I think we're going to, you know, dig in there. We're going to push prod and really, really get the feeling of like our visitors or our, our, our guests and, and what it took to make them who they are. Cause yeah. I know that they went through the struggle as well. Yeah. It's being, you know, especially as village kids, the, the stuff that we've gone through, you know, I, you know, I have gone through it. You know, you've gone through addiction. I've gone through uh, abuse, you know, and, and, and all of these, these things with, with, and also alcoholism, you know, I deal with, I have dealt with all of this in my family, with myself. Um, And so, you know, those are the things that create and and shape the person that you're to become. And if you can come out of that, you're going to come out stronger.
0: Uh, Yeah. You know, I, I talk about this a lot actually, and how thankful I am for The creator put people in my life for a reason, good and bad, Mm -hmm. you know, but they gave me the experiences and how I've responded to them. That's who I am. You know, I'm shaped by that. And I've made so many mistakes. Praise Raven. (laughs) Praise Raven. Oh, goodness. Yes. (laughs) Um, You know, I I think uh, it's because of those experiences and I could share those that hopefully will give other people... An opportunity to reflect on themselves and maybe give themselves a break yeah because so many people are so hard on themselves and I want to I want to be the reason they can say hey man look what he's doing right now yeah I could do it and I could do it better yeah and I'm not I'm not threatened by that come on bro come on sis come do it better yeah. and I mean that sincerely not in sarcasm or anything I let's all do it you know there's the, the thing about me is I want to shine the light on folks because I think, you know what, I'm not, my light isn't dim because yours is brighter. Yeah. I think I shine brighter the shiner you bright. And the me, thing right? is,
1: we're not quite there as elders, right? <laughs> we're, we're not, but you know oh. what? I can say we're uncles <laughs> and you know, I, I want to be that uncle, that, yeah. that positive uncle um, out there for folks, you know, and, and, you know, especially, you know, one of the reasons that I do what I do in the music world, because I, I had a dream. I had a dream that we were going to create this this industry of like music and culture that I was seeing in other places. You know, I was looking at you know the Greenlandic uh, in in Nuna, in the Greenland. There's only fifty nine thousand people there, yet they have multiple record labels, studios. They have movies being there, playwrights, um, and and their and their this this and there's only 59,000 of them but they have this industry that that's been created the same thing in Canada um, same thing down in the states right but we haven't seen that really happen here in Alaska and so i had this dream that we were going to create this this industry of music and and be these music moguls that we were going to start <laughs> producing these young cats right that are that are finally coming out they're yeah. they're finally coming. You know we have folks like Byron Nikolai. We have uh, you know in the Yupik area and here in Zontikahini we have Arius Airjaz Hoyle. You know this like we
0: actually have young folks that are coming up, and I want to be that uncle for them. You you know what? Couple of things on that. One, you you already are, and I've watched you do that. You know Arius Airjaz, uh, he's an amazing young man, and I watched him come up through some of our Clinkit Haida programs, mm-hmm. right? And the youth, and they did some music videos and it like blew people's minds. Cause like one, all those kids were awesome and they stepped out and put their, put themselves out there. But that kid stepped out just a little further than everybody else. Mm-hmm. You kind of notice like, whoa, okay,
1: he's that's, got some talent. There's an episode for us. Yeah. We got well, air jazz. That, we got, we going to do air jazz and Byron, Nikolai together. That's a hundred percent. There we go. Together. There's there we go. Uh, that's where <laughs> I was going with it is
0: one. I've watched you mentor him, right? I've watched you walk your talk. So that's amazing. I love to see that. But the other thing is, yeah, let's have them on. Let's have conversations with these young folks. There's so many people. Um, you know, we've already got some interviews lined up. Uh, quana Chasing Horse Potts, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. who's this I'm young I'm looking forward to that. Young she blew up the Met. Man, right? And, you know, she's on Allure Magazine, Elle Magazine. And, you know, just doing crazy good things. And then the thing and is. And her
1: mom is on uh, First Alaskans.
0: Yeah. Life Below, Zero. Life Below Zero. Jody, And she's a good friend of mine. We're, Guess what? Yeah. We're doing the music for that show. Oh, see? Look, <laughs> it's so ties together. But here's people who, you know, quana this young lady who's getting thrust into the, like major, major celebrity. She's a supermodel now. She's a supermodel. And she represents a segment that's never felt represented really. And she hasn't, I don't know, I don't think she's changing. I think she's still bringing her indigenous badassery, her activism, her, you know, concern for the climate things yeah. that that kid, I watched her uh, a couple of years ago and I say kid and, and not in a derogatory way. This young lady stepped out, you know, had adults slamming her for you know, saying, hey, we need climate change yeah, yeah. As, a, as a priority. I watched her do that at AFN a couple of years ago and she just blows my mind. But there's so many people out there I'm right so now. I'm so excited for these conversations. That I want to have. Yeah. And you know, so I could just name all these young people that are just well, kicking well, ass, kicking seeing, dorms down.
1: What we're seeing at this time right now is an indigenous cult, pop culture explosion. I mean, like we've never seen before, yeah. you know, we are seeing television shows being made They're They're being they're being developed
0: as we speak. Yeah.
1: And, and so tell one me of the, this.
0: Yeah. You, you watch Reservation Talks. Oh, yeah, I have. How Absolutely. much did that resonate with you? Like, look, we didn't grow up on the res. No, no. But we grew up in the Ville, right? In Which the is the same thing. It's the same thing that I, I think it was like season one, episode three. I might get this wrong. But when they go to like the IHS clinic, yeah. I was like, it's like, yes. That was so, you know, right now we have like the best healthcare in the country. But it wasn't like that when we were kids. No, no. It was terrifying. And they did that. I still have a toe that can't bend right now because of that. Oh, man. I have this terrible phobia (laughs) of the dentist. (laughs) I mean, yeah. But representation matters. Uh, And I'm watching these episodes and I'm like, Bobby Wilson, and that's my bro. I know him. You know Dallas Goldtooth. I know him. Sterling, just yeah. kicking ass. And then Taika. you see, yeah, Tyka. Oh my God, Tyka is like leading the way. And you watch him on these award shows yeah. and these things. And uh, now, you know, now we have Andrew McLean yeah, and
1: and, and, and Bear star starboard. They're they're coming and they're creating. They're yeah. actually filming right now.
0: Yeah, and it's just wild. I had a conversation with Sterling because you know, he's he's agreed to do an episode with us here. No way. Yeah, and he's like, you know, this was a few months ago, and he's like, hey, I can't do it here because of award season, and I'll have to do it around this because this is when we start shooting season two. All right. and is, I'm it, like, is
1: it okay that fanboy?
0: Oh, man, yeah, right? Yeah. But right. I'm like, <laughs> I know, I'm, I was sharing that with Sam, right? I'm telling you, I'm having this conversation that feels so surreal. Yeah. I'm literally talking to a guy who I've met and I know who's like, yeah, I got award season yeah, and no. all this. And well, he I, deserves it. it yeah. deserves, <laughs> you you just said it right there. He deserves, he deserves it. it. I think that's something we got to recognize. Is like, folks are putting in so much hard work to get where they're it at. It is about time. About time. I
1: love it. It's you um, know actually you know you mentioned the the Kennedy Center. You know this year has been a it's been a crazy year for me. You know, I got the Kennedy, Kennedy Center uh, recognition as that, you know, the next 50 um, and, and uh, the USA artists, whoever, whoever nominated me, if you're listening to right now, because I have no idea who nominated me for this for this uh, award with the USA Artist Fellowship. Thank you. Thank you very much, because you have done you have changed um, you know, you have changed the life of my kids and, that, and and my future and all this because that's a huge recognition. And so, you know, and and the thing is, I have, this is a crazy year for me and I had never got any of this type of, of recognition. Which, and I was like, it's about
0: time. Can, can I say it is about time? <laughs> it's crazy to me because as I was saying earlier in this conversation, you blew my mind 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. You were cutting edge. Before cutting edge, yeah. like, you know, and it's like, you're seeing all these people break through now. Yeah. They're doing it because of people like you. You know, we weren't sure if we were even doing the right thing at the moment,
1: but it, you know, obviously it was, cause you know, there's a thing about culture and tradition mm-hmm. and, it, and especially with, uh, you know, for those of you that don't know Bumio and my group is we really take um, a lot of our music is based on our traditional songs and dances. And, and some of them are, are, are old, ancient mm-hmm. ones, right? And so we weren't sure what, what our community, how our community was gonna to react to that. And, and we actually, we didn't ask for permission. I mean, we had our elders that was around our circle. My mom, Marie Tyson, uh, William Tyson, um, David Chenar, uh, Ben Snowball. We had those guys. They were actually our, our original backup band. You know, they were drumming for us when Kittuck and I were dancing. This is before we met Aussie, And so we knew that they, we had their support. But when we went to our hometown in Montreux and performed at the at the uh, um, Jamai Festival, we weren't sure how our our community was going to react to this. Right? It, w- it was actually nerve wrack- nerve wracking because um, we had no clue. And so when we went out there and 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 did that our first our first song, we we did a song called Jaiu and we just sang it the tra- traditional way. Right? We just we had just danced it we had danced it was the first thing we did we did the traditional song and we danced it and then we stood up off of, got you know we dance on our knees so we stood up and put the mics forward and we started singing it the exact same way that's exactly how it sounds and then we hit and then we just hit that note and in higher and we hit it with harmony, the entire gymnasium, which was filled with about two thousand people, completely stood up and started cheering and we just hit that first note and that in that moment, I knew what we were doing was 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 okay and that we had the support of our community. Yeah. No crabs
0: uh, at I got that time I got, I got <laughs> time. I got goosebumps right. So, you know, that's you bring up a really interesting topic there because in our, in our region, I'm sure it's a lot similar, you know, there there's conversations now oh, I hear it where they're not being traditional there. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's a place where it does need to stay traditional sure and there's a point of that. But I think also it should be okay to take that traditional and make it contemporary. Right. We are, you are know? We're not static. We're no not even a static. You know, we're not behind a glass in a museum,
1: you know, we need to push. And, and really if, develop and push who we are as an indigenous people, don't but, you
0: think? Yeah, and I'm hoping that's what opening the box of knowledge can be, right? Mm-hmm. This could be this platform where we can have the, a, a safe space to have these conversations, and we, hey, you and I might not always agree, yeah. right? We probably won't. And it's yeah. okay. I, you know, I've wrestled with a thing now where I see a lot of down south music coming into our tradition and, and I'm wrestling with that and I've had some tough conversations with people about it. And I, and I want to, ha- I might even invite them on the show and just say, Hey, let's have this dialogue. Help me understand, mm. you know, cause in my day job, I'm trying to do everything I can to help perpetuate, you know, our culture and resurgence and revitalization. But, you know, it doesn't mean I know everything or have the right answer either.
1: Here's the thing. Let's go back to that whole thing about culture, right? And tradition pushing it.
0: Yeah.
1: I Here's my philosophy on it all. I think that that's okay to push it and do that. But only if you know who you are and where you come from. Yeah. You have to, you know, if you know that foundation and that basis of the traditions, the protocols, all of that, I think that's what gives you. The right to be able to to explore if you know that basis and that foundation of who you are and who we are right yeah
0: but i think we should be able to have these conversations without shame yeah you know it's not shame anybody or i'm not here to make people feel bad or or prove i'm right and they're wrong because mm-hmm. that that's a losing proposition to me yeah uh and this is why i want to have this is why i love you so much this is why you know i try to being open, you know, somebody said to me a long time ago, you know what, you gotta show up with an open heart, open mind, and open ears. And then we'll open the box. Yeah, let's open this box of knowledge. So on that, let's uh, turn over to this awesome interview that we had with Wafa al Gadak, Laganai, and Representative Zelkowski. And uh, this is uh, opening the box of knowledge with Shakyat Eish.
1: And Achum, we hope you enjoy.
0: All right. Joining us, I'm really excited. This is our first episode of opening the box of knowledge, and I'm really excited to be joined by some of my dear sisters, my chosen sisters, my friends—the ones, uh, you know, when you're a kid and your parents say, "If your friends jumped off a cliff, would you follow?" Well, if they did, I might. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, they're the ones it's who very be... you make
2: you come. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would do it willingly because you don't fight too high to women, and it's just embarrassing for you. <laughs> no, I'm I'm really excited. Uh, opening Box of knowledge is uh, a little passion pet project for me, and something that's grown. Unfortunately. Uh, uh, my co-host, Kachung, Steve Blanchett, was at an intertribal gathering this weekend and developed or dealt with some travel issues. So he's... Uh, oh, he was
2: kidnapped by Maoris.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear he saw <laughs> Bentham and Kate? Uh-huh. That hurts my feelings. Don't
2: get me started.
0: All <laughs> right. <So laughs> in, in our own little indigenous world, we just uh, tend to cross paths with epic indigenous warriors and today i'm joined by like i said two of my closest and another dear friend representative tiffany Zolkolski. how are you doing tiffany
3: fabulously it's great to be here
0: awesome and so uh, if i could have lagunai and waflal introduce themselves
2: yeah um so lagunai is my uh haras name and it means a woman who likes to throw big parties <laughs> and I am Eagle chichkitne from Haida Gwaii and then through Hikta Hanlai, Haida And on my Klingat side, I am Kach Eddy, which is freshwater mark salmon. And that's where I was born and raised in my village of Tehkwon. I left there today to come to this recording and it was beautiful, beautiful blue skies, beautiful flight. And I'm glad it worked out because I wanted to be here in person for your podcast brother.
0: Uh, hot, uh. mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
4: I'm so glad you got to be here in person. It's so much more fun you know, like to see each other. Tiffany, hop on a plane. Come on.
3: I know. <laughs> I would have, except I just got the phone call yesterday.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> little, little turkey.
4: <laughs> um, my name is Wafal Gidok. It means uh, potlatch giver, party giver. Um, I am Yak Janas Raven from the Shark House. Uh, my family is also from Hikta, uh, Hikta Honglai and Haida Gwaii, Masset. Um, I am a granddaughter of the Tleia Navy, the Dog Salmon people from Hyoak. And I'm also the daughter of the Nelchina, the Sky Clan. My father's people are on Athabascan. Yeah, live here in Santa Cahini. It's, it's kind of a, a gorgeous place. I'm kind, kind of loving it more and more as I discover little bits and pieces of this place, but thankful to be here with my brother and sister. sisters.
0: Yeah, well, the great thing is, so Wafua Ogedoc and I both are from Prince of Wales. And, uh, you know, we both live here in tsong now, Juno. And you, for those who are tuning in and wondering what some of these words we're using, we're trying to use as much of our indigenous languages as we can. You know, I think the more you speak it, the more it's perpetuated, the more it grows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am certainly far, far, far from even uh knowledgeable in our language. But, you know, the more we use, the more I think there's some shame wrapped around our loss of language. And so we wrestle with that as we come out of our uh English shells and, and try to embrace our our own indigenous languages. So I'll try to say what those languages are just so people will kind of follow along. Some choose not to do that. I think it's good. So people are learning the words.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, I'm so it's so excited to be joined by, again, Waganai and Wathwal Gadak. Uh, Part of the discussion we wanted to have today is we recently were at the bill signing for House Bill 123, which is the bill that our dear sister on who joined us today, Representative Tiffany Zolkowski, she, you know, sponsored that bill. She championed that bill, got others to sponsor it with her and really had to carry that ball across the finish line. And it was pretty stacked with adversity and opposition to that. So, but in light mm-hmm. of this not really moving through the legislature and our uncertainty that it would because of that crazy opposition you know, Logani and Roth Logadak came to me about this idea of forming like a coalition and doing a ballot initiative. So I want to talk a little bit about that, but I uh, thought we really needed to have Tiffany on this with us and talk about how it was kind of a double pronged effort with the hopes, really with the House bill signing, which came to fruition a little over a week ago. So Tiffany, if you wanna introduce yourself and
3: Yeah, uh, so it's great to be here virtually sipping coffee from my homelands of the Yukon-Kuskokwim Delta. So my name is Tiffany Zolkowski. My Yupik name is Nesvauk. It doesn't have a meaning. It was my grandmother's uh, Yupik name. And I'm an Oratsugaramute Native Council tribal member from here in Bethel. my dad was originally born and raised out in this region my mom's originally from northern minnesota and my story started here so i was born and raised here in bethel graduated from high school here had different opportunities different educational uh, journeys that brought me uh, back to bethel about six ish years ago and um about five years ago i was asked by members of my region to step forward and put my name in to be considered for an appointment to the House District 38 uh, state rep seat. So I did. I got appointed by Governor Bill Walker and ran for re-election in the summer of 2018 and have served two full terms in the legislature and just announced uh, at the end of this 2022 session that I'll be stepping away from the legislature um, just to kind of return to normal normal life for a little while. And I was so grateful to see House Bill 123 crossed the finish line in this last year. And I'm excited to talk about it today.
0: Yeah, I'm just so <laughs> profoundly affected by your short term there, Tiffany. You know, this isn't really a, a interview. This is more of a conversation. And one I wanted to have with all of you is, like, what, what was the genesis of this? Why, why now? I think uh, I certainly have a lot of reasons. You know, my day job, uh, I'm a tribal leader and, and work for my tribe, as many of us do, in different capacities or uh, even if not directly, indirectly. So we kind of live and breathe sovereignty and what it means to us as Alaska natives in a state that's, you know, I love Alaska and I love Alaskans. And and when I say that I I don't only mean our Alaska natives, but at the same time we live in a world where our our hereditary rights, our indigenous rights are threatened on the daily. So what does sovereignty mean? What does it mean to be recognized or not by, you know, another sovereign in your territory?
2: I think um I think what's really interesting about the word sovereignty is of course it's an English word, right? In the English language. And so people will kind of look to the dictionary for a definition of what it means. And I think for for a lot of people, uh it really connotates notions of nationhood and what it means to be in independent, uh, uh your own self-determined government and and in a lot of ways, that's what it is in terms of its practical on the ground impacts for our Native people today. But when I grew up listening to my grandparents talking around the table, they were using these words, but the way they talked about it was so much different. It's like um, when, you, when you wake up, what's the first thing you're doing? And you're not even conscious of it, you're breathing And it's a fundamental human right to breathe. And that's what sovereignty is for our nations. It's the ability to wake up, be ourselves, and breathe, and create the dream of our future that our ancestors have passed on to us. On a legalistic side of things, you can be really clear-cut and dry about it. But when I heard my grandpa and those old timers sitting around the table talking about what freedom meant, what liberty meant, what sovereignty meant. They were talking about what it meant to be and get. And that's what we mean. And so for me, when I think about our tribal governments today, I want to see my tribal governments enacting that. I don't want them to just live in a Western construct of what sovereignty means. I want them to breathe life into who we are across everything. And so when I think about sovereignty... That's not just the way I think about it. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah.
4: I uh, when I was thinking about this whole notion, you know, it and I've, I've described this in in multiple places. But you know, our our sophisticated form of of caring for each other and caring for a, a community, well being and balance within ourselves, uh, was developed over ten thousand years. And that care for community, that care for clan, that care for um, how we maintained our way of life and who we were is all wrapped into the sovereignty of of our communities and the sovereignty of our tribes. And it's the recognition of all of that.
0: You, you know, one of the things that I found very interesting in all of this, right, is i I watched Tiffany. Proposed this and, and had conversations with us about it and then did it. Watching her, I was just taken like, it, it sounds like you be you can be dramatizing it a bit about how much people were against this. And some of the really blatantly racist things that I know she had to hear. From coworkers and peers, and 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 that I feel like, man, we had it on the easy side because this is who you know. We were able just to kind of be ourselves and not have to negotiate. In that, you know, it was easy to go testify before Tiffany's committee, but I didn't have to. I wasn't really having to face people who were going to cast their vote on this, what, yeah or nay or. And, and what amendments they were going to try to put in there. Tiffany, what was that like? Like, what did you... I know there were a few times where you had to reach out for support, just encouragement. I can only imagine it just had to have been just a constant.
3: Well, you know, I think, like, first of all, being a Native person in a state legislature is its own experience altogether. And I think what is profound to me is the way that our community of chosen family understands that. And in fact, uh, I know all of you, before I even stepped foot as a legislator in that building, were reaching out with messages of support and understanding the importance of holding me up in a space where I knew walking into that environment that I never wanted to be somebody that had values, it's very easy for the capital building to feel transactional. And as Native people and as Native people who try to infuse who we are into everything that we do, it was really important to make sure that all of my relationship building in that space was as authentic as possible. And I think that makes the work really hard because I think, like you said, the environment for many people, it comes from a place of political ideology and deal making and a sense of transaction. Meanwhile, I'm trying to educate and destigmatize and really do some deconstruction of hundreds of years of colonial ways of thinking, hundreds of years of just misinformation and misunderstanding about Native people, how Native people have come to be organized largely by a Western government society that I'm also now a part of. You know, I think it's really difficult. And for a citizen legislature, so many people coming from all different walks of life. It does, it's a job that doesn't necessarily pay well it's inconvenient to move a couple times a year if you're in the legislature for any length of time you've been through special sessions and that's moving more than you know a couple times a year and so you have all of these alaskans from all different walks of life all different backgrounds and although some of them might live in alaska have significant unfamiliarity with tribes maybe their own experience is being on a side of a lawsuit about using what they consider state resources, what tribal people know as lands that we've stewarded for since time, since the beginning of time. And so it is not, I think exactly like you said, it is not a small statement to say it was very difficult to help unravel that way of thinking and that political ideology in the context of being a a colleague. And I think You know, for some folks, it's easy to look back on this as sort of a feel good bill, something that they could understand ish, but it certainly was a heavy lift. And I want to say that had it not been for you all having the foresight to ensure that there was a mechanism. To hold legislators accountable and show them that recognizing tribal sovereignty is not partisan issue, that all of Alaskans believe in it. I don't know that it that we would have gotten it across the finish line because of the political gamesmanship that happens in that building.
0: Yeah, it was crazy to me to see kind of the um that gamesmanship and also just how ignorance kind of really drove things, you know, the fear, the the idea that Tribes are some kind of boogeyman in the light of the state's sovereignty, right? Like, the, ir- the irony of all of that. <laughs> right. And, and, and that's what we live with. And so when Tiffany went into this office, I think a lot of us rallied around her because we knew she was going to need that support, whatever her job was, because she, she's going to come face to face with it every day. And, you know, it's funny. I get asked to run to for office all the time. And people think I'm either being modest or humble or something. You when, run for office. The best office. The best office. But, uh, but I'm talking that uh, state public office. You know, I I have been an elected official from mayor to tribal president my entire adult life. And I remember, you know, being in those halls and you couldn't even say tribe without it having to be like a hush whisper. And people think I'm exaggerating when I say that. And I'm like no, that's literally the response. You couldn't say it now, you know, that's what drove me as a tribal leader to start proclaiming. in most of my speeches, healthy tribes make healthy communities. I had to take that on because it was like a mantra that I had to start kind of almost as my both offense and defense going through life is, having to convince people that my existence wasn't threatening theirs. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's something we deal with all the time. So when I'm asked to run for, you know, a Senate or a representative seat, I'm like, heck no. And, you know, I've had governors offer me positions, and I said the only position they could offer me was theirs, and they're not going to do that. (laughs) People think that, you know, I'm just like a smart ass or whatever about it. I'm not. I, you know, Log and I alluded to it. I have the best job and work for the best elected office in that I work for my people that we're working to change that ideas that uh, tribes are the problem. when I think we're the solution and our culture. I mean, you look today, uh, there's a lawsuit happening in the Ketchikan School District because some parents are threatened by our tribal values being posted in the school and used as a model. Oh, no teachers. Yeah. Well, parents, that teachers, to parents, yeah. but they're teachers, which to me shows <clears throat> their own lack of education. Mm-hmm. Right. But the, the idea of like our tribal sovereignty, our existence is some kind of threatening thing. And it's exclusive when, I no, our problem is how inclusive we've always been, um, you know. And I'm not going to change that. Our ancestors had it right, and you know, Log and I was speaking and got a little bit choked up when talking about our ancestors. I have to tell you, uh, you all, we got to share the the bill signing ceremony, which was its own little crazy circus in its own right. But it really came off, and I'm I'm so thankful that it did but I got I didn't realize how emotional I would be about this you know it's it's been such a long fight for so many others that we finally were able to get it across the finish line and you know the idea of what our ancestors have done and they're who we are gets me I don't I don't know I tend to ramble on this a little bit but
2: can I can I say something too about this what you and Tiffany are talking about Mm mm-hmm you know, Tiffany, when you took that position on, you were going in with eyes wide open. You know, you made a choice to put your, to step forward to serve your the people of your region and and the people of Alaska. But that doesn't make it any easier, especially when you're inundated with not just the tasks that everyone else gets to walk in to do in those positions. They get to go in and just be a legislator pushing their issues, championing their you know, constituent issues or, you know, priorities. But you have to go in there also with the weight of educating an entire system who has done everything possible to never have to learn anything about us. And so you actually were doing more than just the job of a legislator. You were also doing the job of an educator. You were also doing the job of a culture bearer. And um, you were also doing the job of a relative because that's how you approached the work that you were doing, like you were sharing about authentic relationship building. And, you know, this bill that was introduced um, by you, HB123, was the most recent iteration of an effort to get the state to recognize tribes. And it goes to show how much um, opposition there has been for decades now. Any little movement to include tribes, to recognize tribes for purposes of a government-to-government relationship was always <clears throat> quashed. It was always beaten back. And I remember when we were hosting conversations that led up to the um, creation of the Tribal Children's Welfare Compact, one of the things that was shared by uh, some members of um, the Department of Health and DHSs. Um, uh, One of the things that was shared in those dialogues leading up to it was they were actually told by their commissioners over the past how many decades that they weren't to put the word tribe in any of their documents, even though that specific office of OCS is responsible for implementing the Indian Child Welfare Act. And they were told by their commissioners, that anything that had tribe in it had to be taken out, right? And then, Matla Gidak, you shared a story that I think is important to share about um, something you
4: experienced with that. Yeah, that was uh, one of my professors who, uh, Kevin Illingworth was talking about the testimony that he was asked to provide by um, people he cared about um, to the legislature. And he's a professor of tribal governance. Like, it's what he does and uh, going in um, to provide his testimony and given his short amount of time. And he started his testimony and used the word tribe. And you just mentioned this to brother about how it was taboo in those spaces. Mm-hmm. He used the word tribe in a committee and the committee uh, chair said, sir, we don't use that word here. And we're going to ask you not to use that again. And, um, and he kept, you know, he finished, he kept going with his testimony and he used the word tribe again and in, in his testimony and the chairman cut him off and said, you're done. Your time is done. And ask you to step off the stand." And so, you know, it's, that's how taboo it was. And that wasn't very long ago. It wasn't very long ago at all.
0: You, you know, I've always found it just hilarious that while the state's history is not recognizing tribal sovereignty, they work with the tribes every day, you know, through OCS, through TANF, which is the Tribal Assistance to Needy Family. Um, you know, there's so many other, the VPSO program, all these things, they don't, rec- they didn't recognize our sovereignty, but always asked us to waive our sovereignty in these agreements. So in, in that, in of itself was their acknowledgement of our sovereignty. It was just the negative connotation, right? And the idea, you know, cause people are always asking, well, if this doesn't really change the law, why are you doing this? Well, those examples of commissioners telling their staff, don't even use the word tribe has always set us off on the wrong foot in these agreements. If it does nothing else, but change the tone on how we work together. But, you know, we can talk about like public law 280, which is, you know, revolves around public safety. It's going to be needed so that we can move forward and we bring tribes, tribal dollars, bring in so much money into the state of Alaska. And oftentimes because of ANCSA and and we recognize the Alaska Native Corporations and what they bring in, but it should not be overlooked or underscored what the tribes bring into the state. You know, and I said it in, in the ceremony and I've said it in other places, if you live in a rural village and you can flush your toilet, then you should be pretty appreciative of all the tribes. You know, if you can go to a health clinic, you should be thankful to the tribes because I'd say probably 90% of the health clinics in rural Alaska have to be funded by tribes. That's more than that. You know, It seems. Oh, go ahead.
3: Sorry. I was just going to say like, you guys are highlighting what is such an odd, like conflict in views in the sense for the state, in the sense that, you know, the state is very sensitive about federal overreach onto state issues. Um, But the state is always overreaching into tribal issues in the sense that tribes are essentially the most local form of government uh, functioning in its truest form. And, you know, trying to get the state to understand that What tribes want is the same thing that the state wants in the sense that and and then some in the sense that tribes are really working on behalf of their people to provide opportunity for safe, healthy, um, you know, growth among their youngest generations to take care of and steward their communities and their lands for the next several generations. And in the in the conversations around tribal issues in the legislature, it is this odd um, approach where there just is denial or internalized conflict that then the state also, on the other hand, wants to reap the benefits of tribes.
0: Well, that was the uh, conversation that we had with these ladies, these uh, amazing, brilliant, dynamic. Riveting. Right?
1: Yes.
0: So, Katsung didn't actually get to be there in, for that, art uh, because why? why I had a there?
1: very good reason for not being there. What was your tardy was So, I was in New Mexico. I was in, actually in Gallup at the 100th Centennial of the Gallup Intertribal uh, um, Celebration. And so we had just finished up. We were, we were going to be shooting or filming, recording this. Um, and I was on my way to Albuquerque to, to be able to sit down and do that with you all. And on our way to, to Albuquerque between Gallup, which is about a two-hour drive, um, there was a, a, a very uh, tragic you know, uh, accident that happened. was a multi-car accident. And, and um, so we were stuck. We were stuck on the highway. In the middle of the desert, so there was no way of uh, connecting with you guys, and I'm, I was act- actually really happy that I was able to to let you know that that, that we were going through this, and that there was quite the possibility that you you would have been waiting for me, yeah, and and yeah. just kind of waiting, but no, I was able to connect with you, and that's that's why I'm not on this episode. But um, there's a lot going on; we're doing a lot of stuff.
0: You know, that's the crazy thing that's going to be about this. You know. Been working with uh, Sam, our awesome sound man. Sam! <laughs> Sam. And, uh, you know, the thing about Sam, Sam's one of my favorite people because he changes his look all the time. I don't know if you know this. I, like, recently, yeah. he looked like, you know, Tom Selleck. He had this crazy mustache going. Now he's all cleaned up, has tight beard Yeah, you, the, you, got, it
1: lined, you got it lined up and edged pretty good there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looking good. And, you know,
0: Sam, you know, Sam
1: kind of, I don't know if it was hitting on me or what was going on. Because <laughs> I, I walked in and he was like,
0: Man, you smell good. Bro, no lie. <laughs> I smelled you. I was like, ooh, somebody come out of the, the so, so, smokehouse. Yeah, off.
1: let's, let's, okay, let's view it. I had <laughs> just came out of the smokehouse, guys. I, I, I went and went fishing this weekend and, um, and had an amazing time at Sweetheart Creek and we pulled 75 reds. Whew, nice. Dip hollow. netting
0: oh that's work yeah my back back?
1: my back is killing me right Mm
0: -hmm. now (laughs) you know it's funny i just went on a fishing trip uh getaway this last week too and i had to tell you know i haven't really caught very many fish on a rod and reel uh you know i'm I'm subsistence right Uh, the
1: first first salmon i ever caught on a rod and reel i was in my 30s
0: wow yeah i've caught a few you know but you know, I've caught thousands. Yeah,
1: thousands and thousands life. and thousands of salmon, right? Beach <laughs> savings. Right? Yeah, but drifting I'll tell for you me.
0: What, uh, a few times I've, I've hiked up the falls in my younger days, and you throw about 15, 20 sockeye on your back. That is a lot of fish, and you're bro.
1: having to carry them out, right, yeah. in the mud and yeah. over the hills and all that stuff. Yeah, it is. It is backbreaking work, uh, but uh, it's so worth it because I'm actually smoking right now. Um, I'm, you know, as soon as we're done recording this, I'm actually going to run over to the smokehouse and throw some more, some more wood on. Nice. Um, and um, you know, we have we have about we've done about seven hours of smoke on it so far. I started this morning, and and uh, so we're going to finish up tonight and and uh, jar up those those fish tomorrow so uh, that's what that's what i'm doing right now
0: you know it's funny because <laughs> our way of life is no joke it is it, the way it is work man and people have no idea
1: i feel like a mando <sighs> it is the way
0: it is the way <laughs> yeah, this is I, I think you're right the mandalorian would definitely know how to put up some sockeye
1: speaking of of,
0: of films did you watch um pray <clears> oh <throat> bro Watched pray, watched it in the Comanche edit. That's right? the only way to watch it. Right? That was so cool. Um, it was so powerful. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things that you talk about it over and over. Representation matters. It does. And I think it as, as there's so many indigenous tribes, but we kind of glom on to each other's yeah. a bit, you know, because just seeing another tribe make it and have them represented to me, it might as well have been clink It could have been Haida. You know, it was just phenomenal. You know, I was
1: to me that feeling of watching this film. Uh, this I, I just watched it, right? I watched it, the Comanche, Comanche version of it. Yeah. And and I I didn't even watch the English. I, I watched the English version a little bit of it, and I went back to the Comanche. I, this I watched it again last night. Was my third time, and I watched it with Joy. And she was like, "This is so well made. This is brilliant." Yeah. But i had that same feeling watching this movie uh as i had the first time i watched at the fast runner oh like, you know yeah. and it was one of the it was the first feature-length film that was done in the Inuit language in right mm-hmm. in canada and so that that one had my chest like just big i mean i was like so proud
0: have you watched edge of the knife i have
1: I've, oh, s- yeah, yeah. I'm, I, any any indigenous you know that, film. That, that I
0: am all about it. That one struck me, you know, obviously, um Haida, and, uh you know, the story of Gagi, and there it was, it was so awesome, and that representation matters, but, you know, watching Prey, and then what's really been awesome about it, too, is, like, you're watching it blow up on social media, right, and so you're seeing this be done, it's a, High-end movie. It's yeah. the Predator franchise done in Comanche. Like, holy crap! Yes, an indigenous cast, yeah. and it was done in such a respectful way. And I, you know, I know like uh, there, I, I, I get this mixed up. But one of the ladies that was involved, you know, she was actually, you know, indigenous. I don't know if she was the director or or who it was. I was seeing this, but you know, she was giving a lot of direction and and helping that and keeping it real. The, the cast, and then. um Oh, God. Uh, Sam, what's the name of the actress? It's Amber Midhunter. Midhunter, So, you know, tuning in. And there's through this pandemic, you're just like seeing native bling jewelry blow yeah. up. Yeah. And one of the most popular ones is Huckleberry Woman, right? Which is yeah. Tiffany Vanderhoop. And she lives on the East Coast. She's Haida. Mm-hmm. She's been doing some cool stuff. So uh, Amber wore her earrings in an interview and, you know, it was like such a, you know, it, you would almost think insignificant thing, but it wasn't. No, right? that's huge. It yeah. was huge. I love it. So I love it was that. By I'm going to have to cut that. Sorry. I said it wrong. It's Mid-Thunder. Oh, okay. oh, Mid-Thunder. Okay. Sorry about that. So it's Amber Mid-Thunder, Mid-Thunder, right? We're going to get that. She's going to be a household name. We'll, we'll never get that name wrong again. But yeah, she's you know just even in the interview she's wearing Huckleberry Woman earrings, blows up you know Tiffany Vanderhoop who's Haida who's an artist, and it's so cool because it's like we all rise together. I think you know um, she's the first like indigenous woman soup, like like a superhero. She's a superhero man. She's an action an action, action hero. Action hero. Yeah. I, I mean. You know, and that's so cool because I'm a nerd. I mean, everybody knows oh, I'm yeah, a nerd yeah. for like Star Wars, and you know, we'll talk about that. And uh, you know, yeah, I'm I, looking forward
1: to hear. I want to
0: sure. hear. I have a conversation just about you know how representation in media, because you know you were talking to me about Star Wars and the Navajo. Yeah, that's language. okay.
1: That's that's a thing. So right before I watched Prey, right, I was at the the, the Navajo Nation's uh, museum, um, right there by Window Rock and one of the uh the person that led the effort to to put um uh, navajo star wars new hope into navajo was there and he showed us and we watched um we watched several scenes of 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 the film i hadn't seen that yet i'm going to now watch the entire movie in 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 navajo but it was so good it was so awesome to hear the the emotion of Mm -hmm. I think one of my I think my favorite character, is voice. I, I thought it was going to be Darth Vader. Darth Vader's <laughs> voice was awesome. Yeah. But it was it was actually like the the aunt and uncle of Luke Skywalker. In those, it was so it was so cool to just hear that emotion that they were like you know talking to Luke. You know those scenes, which I know because I've seen New Hope. I mean, yeah. probably not as much as you have, but I've seen it so many times. But then literally several hours later that night that's when I went and watched Prey in in Comanche. So it was, um, that was an awesome day for me.
0: Yeah, we we need to do a whole episode on this, right? Because I'm so excited. Um, So many medias are being dubbed into uh, indigenous languages. I think even like, um, was it Moana dubbed in, Mm -hmm. you know? It just needs to be, it's like a given. Right? Look at what they're doing with Molly of Denali, right? Like this cartoon that just resonates right and the cool thing about Molly Denali is like behind the scenes the writers the producers so many of them are our people yeah um you know whether yeah Yeah. a ton of them and what do you think of the theme song were you involved with that (laughs) yeah I should have known I I had no idea
1: yeah that
0: was us I had no idea brother yeah
1: that's us oh there's little things that there we have our hands on so many projects that's the thing and 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 That's what I'm hoping for to see in the future is that all these young and upcoming artists that they get that chance to be on film, in television and all of that, because we're the ones that they ask.
0: Right. Well, Uh, you know, what what I'm hoping and praying, my prayer is as we start to see more representation and inclusivity, that they're doing it right. mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. it's actually done by us for us. Right. To borrow an old uh, adage there. But yeah, the, the Molly of Denali, you know, uh, Molly is one of our, the, the young girl, Sovereign. Sovereign. She, sovereign she's built. one of our Clinton yeah. Haida tribal citizens. Yeah. You know, I think of Hune, Lance Twitchell, yeah. you know, another citizen on there. Joe Yates, another citizen working on there. Vera Starbird, who is just blowing up, you know, in her writing career i think you know your dream and my dream are pretty similar um mine as just wanting to see our people represented yours as actually being an artist mm-hmm. who you want to lift other artists right who yeah, are get, get those
1: artists working and doing yeah, these things and-
0: it, it, it's fantastic so yeah pray um i just love tuning on to social media and other news outlets and seeing like, it's the hottest movie in Hulu ever. Yeah. I was a little angry it didn't go to the theater. It should have been in the theaters. But, you know, I just found out why. It, was, it had nothing to do with them like, disrespecting it. It was a, a owner issue and having to pay because Disney bought out Fox, mm-hmm. right? And okay. so it was a Fox movie. So I think as they, they're already talking sequels. And I and I I'll bet you your bottom dollar that one's going to the theater.
1: Yeah, right. It better. It, it better. better. I know. Well,
0: that was our weekend. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was great. So, um, I just want to thank everybody who's tuning in and listening to opening the box of knowledge. Uh, you know, tune into it and check out our social media. Share your thoughts with us. Tell us how we're doing. What we could do better. Who you'd like to have, hear us have conversations with uh hey we've already picked up a few sponsors yeah which is pretty cool and we have a few more that are kind of in the hopper that i'm excited about but i want to talk about our sponsors because they're so cool they're indigenous uh, owned and that's the cedar box over in petersburg and they're they're an alaska native gift shop that's just different they uh really celebrate the artists they really make sure the artists are getting a bulk of the profit yeah uh they're doing great things you really got to go to the cedar box website that's going to be on all of our social media you know uh sam kachung you guys are both sitting in my brand new house i just moved in lovely and thanks to the cedar box like you'll notice my uh decor is pretty much made up by a lot of the artwork I got from them.
1: That's gorgeous.
0: Yeah. And then uh, another company, Ani Adventures, which I just love is an indigenous owned walking tour also in Petersburg. And that's something, you know, if you're going to go to Petersburg, they want you to know that our indigenous Clinket culture is alive and well there. It's uh, Petersburg's pretty well known and proud of being Little Norway. But it's also a clinket place, right? Oh, yeah. And we're so everywhere right? we're all on native land. Amen, brother. <laughs> yes. So the cool thing is, you know, tourism's happening, some good, some yeah. bad. Awesome sponsors, man. Yeah. And the cool thing is if you go there, they're gonna take you on a walking tour that you're not gonna see otherwise. And they're they're indigenous, you know, led perspective place it's it's really awesome now, is that somebody with, yeah. with the land it's exactly it brother it's our land, it's, our land. yeah our land. it's a clinket word and you know it's our lands our you know the lands and it's just amazing so we want to thank our sponsors for helping us out pull this together uh we got to put a few uh ducats in sam's pocket because he's working his tail off uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to learn as many ways to share gratitude in all the so indigenous let's, languages. Yeah, let's,
1: let's, add, let's add one every time we do it. Huh?
0: Yeah, let's, let's do that, yeah. <laughs> well, I just learned Yoko Ke. Yoko K. Ah, oh, So, Sam, you know, this has been Kachung and I, but why don't you introduce yourself and tell us who you are? Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much. I'm just honored to be here and be a fly on the wall for this type of stuff. I'm an artist and a, a musician. I a musical ear myself and nothing gets me more inspired than than art and music. So I'm just thrilled to be here. Uh, my family's from Oklahoma. That's where I get my Choctaw. Um, so, yeah, I'm just excited for these conversations. And that's all I have for now, guys. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny because you guys all are in the Southeast cause, uh, you met beautiful indigenous women here, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah,
1: my lady is Haida in Tlingit. Yeah.
0: Yes, she is. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Sam met a wonderful Tlingit girl and followed her home to Alaska and he's made, uh, to Tsunkahiti, Juno his home. Hey. And, uh, yeah, Sam is just an amazing guy. I'm so excited to work with Sam. And he's jazz, as jazzed as we are. To, yeah, we got the team. We got the team. We got the dream team. This, is, this is it. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyhow, thanks for tuning in to episode one. You got to hear the first part of our conversation on the uh, epic historical bill signing for recognition of Alaska tribes by the state of Alaska. and You know, we'll be back uh, in about a week with uh, episode two, which is going to be the second part of that conversation.
1: I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, uh, good cheese for tuning in.
1: Boyana.